Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And you found a place where math is not about memorizing and mimicking, waiting to be told or shown what to do. But it's about making sense of problems, noticing patterns, and reasoning using mathematical relationships. We can mentor mathematicians as we co-create meaning together. Not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching mathematics, but rotely repeating steps actually keep students from being the mathematicians they can be. Okay, so Pam, quite a while back, we yeah. did an episode about yes. the doubling and halving strategy for multiplication, right? Which That's we one of our both episodes. totally love, right? We yes. love, love, love. Uh huh. And I think that in that episode, episode, we talked about how the name itself that we call it doubling and halving is a little bit too constraining. Let me give the listeners just an example. Um, yep. Let's say that you're given a problem like 50 times 16. You can create an equivalent problem that might be easier to solve by doubling one of the factors and having the other factor. So in this example, you could double the 50 to make 100 and half the 16 to make 8. And then you have a new equivalent problem of 100 times 8, which is really pretty slick, right? Yeah. But the problem is that's not just true for doubling and halving. You can also triple one dimension and find a third of the other or quadruple one dimension and find a fourth of the other and on and on. And so for years now, well, in fact, can I just, you, can I, can yeah. I just do that with that problem? Sure. Cause you got to a hundred times eight, but we could keep going. We could go sure. to 200 times four. Yep. We could keep going to, I could do 400, 400 times two, times two yep. and yay, verily we could even keep going to 800 times one, Yeah. which, which means we could have gone from the 50, we could have quadrupled the 50 to 200 yep. and divided the 16 by four to four. Yep. And so on like that. That's an example of quadrupling quartering or times eight divided by eight, Mm -hmm. like 50 times eight to get the 400 and 16 divided by eight to get the two. So that, yeah, there's an example. Keep going. So for years, you've kind of lamented a little bit about Mm -hmm. how the name that even you and I give it is a little bit troublesome because it's maybe not all encompassing enough. And, And you have promised (laughs) <laughs> that if anyone can come up with a name that's better than doubling and having, maybe mm-hmm. more, it's mathematical, but it's slick, that I'm I'm pretty sure that I've heard you say a number of times that you would send them a, a free shirt. A free math is figure out of a shirt. Ow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So recently we had a listener who sent in a suggestion. And this is from Alexandra Farrell. And she writes, 
I'm currently doing your multiplication workshop. Yay. Yeah. Wait. Thanks for taking the workshop. Glad yeah. you're loving it. Yep. She does it evenings while she's cleaning the kitchen and making funny teacher t-shirts. Wow. Um, and she says, I'm a huge podcast fan. Don't stop those. They bring light to my Tuesdays. Thanks, Alex. (laughs) I've been thinking about the doubling and having name, especially when I walk my dog. I think more of switching the factors out. And she gives an example of 28 times five, which is seven times four times five, which then could be seven times 20. And she says, maybe- Well, that was kind of fast. Can I say that again? Sure. 28 times five, the 28 is seven times four. Mm Mm-hmm. So still times five. And then she yep. pulled the four times five together to get 20. Yep. Which leaves the seven hanging over. Yep. Okay. So she's thinking about 28 times five as the equivalent problem, seven times 20. Got it. Sure. Okay. Yep. Yep. Thanks. And she says, maybe you could call it the factor switch. Ooh. Factor switch. So Pam, oh. what say you? What do you think of <laughs> Alexandra's name, factor switch? Well, so Kim, I'm also kind of curious to know what you think about okay. it. Um, do you want to start? Sure. Um, so I, I have to say that I like it a lot more than many other names that we have <laughs> yes. suggested. Yeah. We, we have lots of people suggest things that we don't bring on the podcast, right? Like, switch. So that says something here that we're actually so, talking about. Uh, it. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't think I love factor switch, okay. but in the same way that I don't love doubling and having it just, so, uh, Hmm. How do I say this? It, it, like it just doesn't it, sit quite right with me. Is it and I'm because not sure. So, factor switch. Well, like and, switch and, in what way? It's it's moving from one factor to another. It's decomposing and then recomposing. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have mm-hmm. struggled a little bit about this because I almost want to just say it's the associative property at work, but that's a little too broad. It, it doesn't I believe Kathy Fosnow. Oh, says does she? That. She's like, it's me the, and Kathy. She does. She's like, it's too broad. She's like, it's well, it's interesting because uh, when I was when my numeracy was bad, which was for a very long time, and I was reading her work, and she said, "See, it's the associate property." I was like, "Yeah." Huh? Like I, I and I. To be clear, she she didn't at least the part that I was reading. There wasn't a lot of let me um, write out the factors and then yes, unpack and then it. unpack mm-hmm. it so I can see the parentheses mm-hmm. shift yes. and I can actually see the associate property. But when she yeah. would say, "See, uh, doubling having is the associate property," I had no, yes. I could not like, nope, mm-mm. yeah, nope. Well, all. and I feel like we would have to make some assumptions about kids knowing that name that is a little bit too. Um, yeah. It's a long, big uh, you word, and I, right? Yeah, yeah. You and I are not super big on kids must know the name associated property. We want them to use it. Right. right? Exactly. Um, and so that's so, probably where, oh, go ahead. I mean, if, yeah. I was just going to say, that's kind of where I am with the factor switch thing. Like if they don't look at a problem, like uh, her example, I don't remember what it was now, but 28 times five, yeah. if they don't look at 28 and automatically go, oh, that's seven times four. Mm-hmm. Well, or we could even, it, it almost we, feels like we could change her example slightly because she's doing really a factor switch. But if we kept that 28 yeah. times five and made it be uh, 14 times two times five, so yes. 14 times two is the 28. And for listeners, what I meant by the parentheses in the associate property. So I've written 28 times five and then under it, I've written 14 times two in parentheses times uh-huh. five because the 14 times yep. two is at 28. And then, yep. then the next line I would write 14 times two times five, like again, but I would put the parentheses now around the two times five. Yes. So I've got 14 times two times five. 
And that yeah. becomes 14 times 10. That would be yeah. a true double half, right? Yeah. Because we're doubling She's using and having. Quadrupling. She mm-hmm. was quadrupling and quartering, right? No. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I had to, had to think back what she did. Looking at my double half. So she was doing much more the uh, kind of advanced example. The um, Sure. Um, more general. That's what I wanted to the more general yes. example where, Ooh, I could pull the, the nicest factor out and reassociate it to, yep. with a, with a different factor. I could switch the, the nicest factor to make, you know, like a really slick problem. Um, that is definitely a higher, more complicated, more sophisticated strategy. So part of what Kim and I are looking for when I've given this or what I'm looking for, when I've given this challenge to say, Hey, come up with a better name. And, and so it's it's kind of not fair, um, Alexander, because the, the what we're look what I'm looking for is something that fits when kids start doubling and having. And mm, when kids mm-hmm. start doubling, well, I want it to fit then, and then I want it to grow with the student, and that's part of why mm-hmm. I don't like doubling and having. Doubling having fits really well with uh, the young students. When I mean, I was working with young students who are just beginning to think about multiplication we were doing a problem string and it was something like uh, two times eight and I was doing it on an open number line. So I had two jumps of eight was 16. And then the next problem was four times eight. And there were kids that were saying, well, I can just think about two of those 16s. And I'm like, how can you, why can you think about two 16s? The problem is four times eight. And they're like, well, because those two eights are in that 16. And so I can, if, if the group is twice as big, I only need half as many of them. Bam! I mean, they're really messing right in that moment. Now they don't have down; they haven't like constructed completely doubling and having, but it's it's a brilliant uh, beginning, and we can build on that as they sort of group the groups together, and they're thinking about, well, I can I can think about uh, if, if I have a group that's twice as big, I only need half as many of those groups. We would obviously want to build that with an open array as well, with an area model. But anyway, that's that's why um, I, I still might send Alex a shirt, but. <laughs> But that would be lovely. But pro- so yay, Alex gets a shirt. But I'm probably not going to um, switch names yet. Yeah. What we might do, yeah. what I'm starting to consider, is that maybe I'm going to start encouraging uh, teachers to let the, the 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 name doubling and having kind of grow up yeah. with the students. And so maybe doubling and having becomes something like using the associative property or the factor switch or what I've called flexible factoring. So actually, if you think about our uh, major strategies, free ebook download, the last multiplication strategy that we would list, the most sophisticated, the most multiplicative of the multiplication strategies is what I call flexible factoring, which I think is what Alexander is calling factor switch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There you go. All right. So for the last few weeks, we've been sharing our thinking about the over strategy, a totally different strategy. <laughs> I'm just totally laughing because we just went on and on about that. And that's not even the topic of today's podcast. So hold on tight, everybody. Do. This one might be a little longer. All right. Oh, goodness. So two weeks ago, we talked about addition and last week with subtraction. And so this week, let's tackle a little bit of multiplication. Let's go over. Let's go over on multiplication. Okay. So... This week, Pam, I'm going to give you some problems, but before we dive into a problem string, let's give uh, the listeners a chance to think about a problem. And this problem is 99 times 79. So 99 times 79, go ahead and pause the podcast and think about that problem. And then when you're ready, come on back and we will have Pam talk about her thinking. 
All right, Pamela, are you ready? I am so ready. Bring it on, Kimberly. Okay. All right. <laughs> Your first problem is eight times eight. Eight times eight. Eight times eight is yep. actually a fact a lot of kids know. Eight times eight is 64. Okay. Cool. Eight times 64. Okay. All right. Your next problem is 80 times eight. So well, we have this nice times 10 thing. So if I scale mm-hmm. up eight times to 80, there's times 10. I can scale up to 64 times 10, which is 64 tens or 640. But but I'm, I'm starting to think a little uh, um, spatially. So I've actually just drawn yep. an eight by eight and I've labeled the area as 64, eight by eight rectangle. And then next mm-hmm. to it or underneath it, actually, I've drawn a really tall 80 mm-hmm. by eight. So it has the same width, but it's 10 times deep, 10 times tall, um, mm-hmm. an 80 by eight. And that area is 640. Okay. Okay. Nice. Your next problem is 79 times eight. So I only need 79 eights. So before mm-hmm. I had drawn that 80 by eight, I had drawn 80 eights, but I only need 79 eights. So I'm going to hack off just at the very end there. I'm going to cut off one of those groups of eight. And so 640 minus eight is 632. Okay. Next one. Okay. What about 100 times 79? 100 times 79. I can also think about a 79 hundreds. And Ooh. so 79 hundreds is the name 79 or is the 7900. It is the number 7900 or 7900. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, 99 times 79. So if I've got 179s, I might draw that as this like really tall 100 by not as wide 79, 100 by 79. I've got 100 groups of 79. So it's almost like if I'm drawing the groups on that rectangular array, on that area model, I would draw the, the a line across the top to kind of cut off a group of 79. There's one group of 79. And then I, underneath that, I would do another group of 79. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. drawing a bunch of horizontal lines now to kind of chunk off these groups. One group of 79, two groups of 79, three groups of 79. They're stacked on top of each all other. All stacked on top of each other, making this mm-hmm. um, uh, rectangle, completed rectangle. And if I were to keep doing that, but I'm going to skip all the middle and I'm going to go all the way to the bottom and I'm going to go, well, there's the 98th group of 99. And the very last group would be the 99th group of, oh, I said 89, 79. The very last group of 79, I would have the 100th group of 79. And so that very last one would be the hundredth group, but I, I don't need a hundred. You, you gave me the problem 99, 79. So I'm going to cut off that last group of 79 to be uh, just 99 of them. And so now I'm thinking about what is that total area of 7,900 subtract 79. That would be 7,821. So I'm going to pause you for just a second. Yeah. How did you know 7,821? Yeah, so literally, I wrote down 7,900. I already had that from the problem before. Mm-hmm. Minus yep. 79. And yep. then I wrote down 7,800. Mm-hmm. Because I knew once I subtracted 79, I had to go behind below that 900. Because yep. I was at 7,900. I know I'm subtracting something within 100. So I'm going to be yep. in the 7,800s. Yep. And then I said to myself, what's the partner of 79 to 100? 21. Yes. It's almost like um, within a 7,900, there's a 7,800 and an extra 100. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. just play I have you need with that with that last 100. Oh, that's very, very nice. well said. In fact, sometimes I'll model it that way. I'll draw on the board uh-huh. a number line and I'll put on the left-hand side 7,800. 
And uh-huh. on the right-hand side, 7,900. And I'll say, okay, what, what we're trying to do is subtract 79. So I'll, I'll draw a bubble that looks, a jump that looks about, you know, 80-ish. Uh-huh. And I'll say, so I, I'm looking for this other bit, right? I'm looking for this bit between mm-hmm. 7,800 and 7,900. Mm-hmm. And that little bit to get me up to that, that that jump of 79. Oh, oh, that's the partner of 79 to 100. Bam. Well, mm-hmm. if, I can, if I can think about that partner, then I'm, I'm good. Yeah. And, and you and I play I Have You Need often. And so you just know that partner. But if you didn't know that partner... The minus 79 could have been really nicely what we talked about. Oh, uh, last, last week. week. Nice. Yeah. 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 Like subtract 80. So 7,900 yep. 7, subtract 80 would be 7,820. Mm-hmm. But I subtracted too much. How much too much? Just one too much. So yeah. pop back up that one, 7,821. Nice. Oh, yeah. There That's you go. good connecting right. to last week. I like it. <laughs> you ready for your next problem? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. There's another okay. problem. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just just a few more. Well, because what sorry, about? before you go on, because that's the problem we started with, right? Ninety nine times seventy nine. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. You stuck me in a place where I was thinking over, and so I was able to sort of mm-hmm. think over and kind of solve it that way. Okay. All right. One tenth times seventy nine. Point one times seventy nine. Oh, that's interesting. Because you said one tenth, I actually wrote the fraction one divided by ten. Oh, <laughs> sorry about so, that. No, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I could think about it either way, right? A tenth of 79 is 7.9. It's 79 divided by 10. And just like I can think of 70 divided by 10 as 7, then I can think about 9 divided by 10 as 9 tenths. So that's 7 and 9 tenths or 7.9. All right. Last problem. 99 and 9 tenths, 99.9 times 79. Oh, now it almost makes me wish I was on a ratio table. Let's see. I know oh. what 99 times 79 is because we had that before. That was 7,821. So I really just need nine tenths of a 79. And luckily, oh, no, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> I could find nine tenths of 79, but I don't have that. My bad. Pam, we're doing an overstring. Why aren't you thinking over? Well, I wasn't till now, but I am now. Do you like listening to me think out loud? <sighs> so <laughs> <laughs> it's real life. <laughs> 99.9 is almost 100. Since I know yeah. 179 is 7,900, I'm just going to get rid of a tenth of 79, which was 7.9. So now I've got 7,900 minus 7.9. I'm going to think about that as 7,900 minus 8. So yep. 7,900 minus 8. Now, there's some place value happening right here in my head. I've got to think about 7,900 yep. minus 8. That's 7,892. Yeah. But I subtracted a bit too much. How much too much? Just a tenth. So I'm going to tack that tenth back on. So my answer is 7,892 and one tenth, 0.1. Nice. You think? Nice. Yeah. So much easier, right? Than a traditional algorithm. I mean, so much more meaningful. Oh my gosh. And all the place value that I just used, place value, not place labeling, but where I actually had to think about the values involved. And and check it out. I would submit that the steps I just did, you could you, you could keep track of everything I just did, and maybe it might be the same. Now I still think it's fewer. I think it's more efficient than the traditional algorithm. But more importantly, I'm using multiplicative reasoning. I'm helping my yeah. brain think more and more multiplicatively, get better at those relationships, and and then my brain just gets more dense. I just yeah. have this better more sophisticated, more grown up, more 
mature, more dense. Yeah. I think a lot more connections become more uh, a natural outcome for me that I can use when I'm well, solving. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and and I love the fact that you were going to solve it one way for a minute, and then yep. no, for real, because then you were like, "Wait a second, I know something that's going to be even slicker," mm. and that's what we want for our kids, right? We we want them to go. I'm going to look at these numbers. I'm going to think I'm going to do something, and then go. Wait a second, I know something else. The the I know something else is the really cool part that we want for kids. Choices, choices. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yes. Yes. If we want to really create kids who are mathematizing, mathematizing mm-hmm. people have choices and they play yep. around with relationships and they choose the one that is slicker for them that day based on what's pinging for them that day. Mm-hmm. And the only way mm-hmm. we can have that happen is when we have choices, when we own, that's, that's yep. why I was so excited about being dense, right? That's, yeah. that's, the, that's what dense means. I have multiple connections, multiple relationships I can rely on. I can go to and you just want, thanks. Thanks for thinking that was an okay move. Hey, and thanks for giving me the um, permission. I, I remember the day. I remember where I was standing when you said, uh, so you solved a problem. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Tell me what you just did. And you were like, well, I thought about this and I thought about that. And then I thought about this. And I was like, mm, that was the best. And I was like, you don't just know the best way right off the bat. And you laughed right at me. <laughs> you're like, oh, you're, like, sorry. you're like, of course I don't. I play around with the relationships yeah. that freed me up to know that's what mathy people do. And I yeah. can be mathy too. Y'all, yeah. we can all be mathy too. It's not about knowing the thing right off the bat. It's about using right. what you know, solving the problem, seeking for clever, efficient strategies. That's mathematizing. Yep. Yep. Love it. So where does over fit in multiplication? Well, actually pretty soon. Over is one of the first strategies. Uh, once we get kids solving problems using partial products, we really quickly go to smart partial products. And one of those smart partial products is the over strategy. We want kids yes. thinking a little bit too much and then hacking off that little bit of area. It's the place where we tend to use the area model more. And then we move to yeah. a ratio table. We, well, so let me just say that we use the area model or the open array to help kids build a spatial sense of getting rid of that mm-hmm. extra group. It also mm-hmm. simultaneously helps kids actually learn what area is. That it's not just this procedural. Was that the one where I multiply or that one where I add the sides together? Like, ah, it's like area. Like we actually have to like own what area is. So we can develop that spatial sense. Soon after that, we want kids really messing with this idea or, or as we're, we're doing that, we want kids messing with the over strategy. Um, that is a, a partial product. It's a, uh, it's a kind of a smart partial product where they go a bit too much and hack it off. It's also brilliant because we can model that with the distributed property, with equations. So it's super early. We want kids messing with the over strategy. Now in this problem string today, we went all the way to multiplying by tenths. Uh, We're not suggesting that you're doing that early with students. We just wanted to show you how versatile it is. Y'all look at that problem. 99.9 times 79. Oh yeah. And and we can get much more um, complicated numbers, but that was a three digit by two digit multiplication with decimals. But right. in a few steps, thinking and reasoning multiplicatively, so we, that, that's where over sort of fits in with a hierarchy. And so many of our leaders are saying, whoa, I'm so glad that you gave us this uh, free ebook that outlines that hierarchy. Uh, so many yes. of the leaders in our support system are just like over the top using it with their teachers. So we thought we'd tell you that link again. Mathisforgettable.com slash big is where you can mm-hmm. download our our. Um, 
what's it called again? Harvey uh, ebook. Yeah. The major strategies ebook. Thank you. So check that out. You might've noticed that I talked about using the area model so I can take off that group. Modeling is super, super important. And also notice the place value that comes out when we have to think about if I have this clunker problem, like 99.9 times 79, what do I know? And what can I use? Ooh, I'm thinking about numbers that are close to it. And by doing that, that sort of sense of neighborhood and nearness, those are, those are major, uh, big ideas in mathematics that's getting at place value. So super, super cool. Um, let me just mention one other thing. If you have kids that are stuck in what we call dumb partial products, one of the things we want to encourage you to do is really think hard about this over strategy and help your kids, help your students, help yourself move into smart partial products. And the over strategy is one of those smart partial products. So if you're doing a four chunker every time you look at a two by two multiplication and you draw a square, y'all, the chances that those two by two numbers actually represent a square and not a rectangle are (laughs) pretty small. So you should be drawing a rectangle. And then if you're chunking it into four chunks every time, it's always the place value partial products. May we invite you, please consider the over strategy as a next move that you could make to really be mathematizing, thinking multiplicatively about those multiplication problems, not getting stuck mm-hmm. in turning multiplication into a different algorithm. It's not about steps. Yeah. It's about really reasoning using relationships. Yeah, absolutely. If you've been tuning in for the last couple of weeks and you've not already snagged the free downloads that we've been mentioning, you are missing out. You'll want to check out this great resource for example problems and visuals for how you can model represent the over strategy for yourself and for your students. You can find this one I'm mentioning now in the show notes or at mathisfigureoutable.com slash over. Because it's over. Uh, yeah. Great over strategy and this podcast is over. So thanks for <laughs> tuning in and teaching more and more real math to find out more about the Math is Figure Outable movement. Visit mathisfigureoutable.com. Let's keep spreading the word that math is figureoutable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figure outable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.